This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, we are here with an instant reaction podcast. Uh, David Lake joined by Gabby Udrutia, an instant reaction to uh, National Signing Day. So overall, Miami had a good day. Uh, Hurricanes finished the day as of 8 o'clock on Wednesday, 8.22 Eastern. 25 letters of intent in uh, the number four class in the country. One committed prospect still not signed. Uh, we'll get to that later. Uh, but Gabby, I, I just want to talk on the guys that Miami signed or this class as a whole. I think it's a good start. Um, or I mean, I, not even a good start. It's a good finish uh, to what was by and large an uneventful day in terms of acquisitions uh, at the high school level. Um, but still, that doesn't take away from what this class is. This class is the best Miami class of the 24-7 sports era by far, and that would be the case with or without Cormani McLean. Number four class in the country, so a top five class after going five and seven. This class is a resounding success at the end of the day, again, with or without Cormani McLean. And, you know, we know most of these names. Let's Let's kind of discuss the one big addition on the day uh, at 3.15, Miami got good news with local four-star corner Damari Brown picking Miami over Alabama. Yeah, I think, I mean, huge win for for the program. Uh, this was one that really, it felt like probably seven days ago, right, David, that Alabama started picking up some crystal balls. Uh, director of recruiting, Steve Wiltfong, who you know, doesn't really miss, thought the thought the Crimson Tide had the upper hand on the Hurricanes uh, down the final week. I mean, really just kind of with the days leading up and, you know, Mario Cristobal and these guys kind of doing what they do and that's holding on to, to top talent. That's what they kind of, I think that's one thing that they kind of showed here was keeping some some big time dudes, uh, you know, in South Florida, obviously not all of them, but Damari Brown was a major piece of of this puzzle. And Miami, of course, has been working him since this new staff was in place, got him on campus. How many times, David? I mean, over this between the summer and these unofficial visits for games, all these all these different things, and uh, for him to ultimately end up in Miami's class is a huge win for the program because I think we're both pretty high on the skill set. Uh, what yes. he could be, it seems like he's a a physically mature cornerback in terms of translating to the college level and kind of you know picking up and you know from a strength and conditioning standpoint and having a good base to base and foundation to kind of work for. So really excited about Damari Brown and uh, 
I think that's I think that's definitely one of the storylines of the day for Miami. He's good enough to be a number one corner in his own right, uh, with or without Cormani McLean in this class. Um, so he's that level of talent. Um, Miami also picked up a punter, Gabby. They went down under again to uh, continue that pipeline, landing Dylan Joyce, uh, who hails from Australia. Did some did some poking around, got some background on him. Essentially, he's an Australian rules football player. Um, there is a Australia, there's a program, I forget who it's called. Is it Pro Kick or something? There's a program. Pro Kick Australia. Pro Kick Australia that, you know, serves as kind of a go-between with guys in Australia that are interested in in playing college football or, you know, pursuing those opportunities in, in American football. And uh, Miami met with representatives of Pro Kick uh, over the summer, kind of told them, hey, we'd like to get another really good punter from Australia because this Lou Headley guy is pretty good. So uh, they told Pro Kick what they're looking for. And, uh, you know, they recommended Dylan Joyce, who, um, you know, I guess Miami uh, liked what he saw. Pro Kick um, had Dylan Joyce working on fundamentals and technique that Miami passed on to Pro Kick that Pro that they wanted to see Dylan Joyce improve upon from the summer months up until now. And I guess that growth was impressive from the video clips Miami saw across the globe. And um, he is going to be Miami's punter. He's 23 years old. He has four years of eligibility remaining. Um, So Miami likes those Australian punters now. So so that was an interesting ad. And then also, too, I think it's worth uh, discussing the uh, transfer portal additions. So Francisco Maui Goa publicly committed to Miami. That's Francis Maui Goa's uh, brother. He is a, he was the starting middle linebacker for Washington state this year and Georgia state defensive lineman, Thomas Gore committed to Miami. He's the undersized twitched up disruptive six foot two seventy interior defensive lineman. Um, that Miami's excited to add from a depth perspective. Anything you want to say about those three ads as well, Gabby? Yeah, uh, I think all, I think all, you know, can definitely contribute in their, in their own ways. Uh, Francisco Maui Goa is one that I think I'm pretty excited about just because he has been productive at a position of need yeah. uh, at 60 tackles, five and a half tackles for loss. I think Miami's really impressed with the overall, Uh, kind of culture fit that he is they believe Mm -hmm. he's going to come in do all the right things uh, you know set the right examples kind of again just kind of set the tone and then physically you know the six foot three 230 pounds I think checks a lot of boxes in terms of Miami wanting to get bigger so then being able to officially add Francisco Maui Goa I think was a big win Um, David you mentioned Devontae Brown too uh yeah I will I got I got eyes on him today at the at his little brother Damari Brown's commitment ceremony I mean, he is, you know, a big, long-looking cornerback. Yeah, I mean, he looks like a, yeah. a power five type of guy all the way. If you're walking down the street and 
or saw him working out on a field, you you would think that that guy is, uh, you know, definitely a high level athlete. So really encouraged about Devonte Brown after actually seeing him in person for the first time. And then, you know, having seen Thomas Gore in the past, uh, again, I think they're, I, I think you said it really well on the last podcast, David. I think they view him as kind of that change up uh, where they can just give, uh, you know, interior linemen a different look and they feel like he can get some interior push. And he's been a productive group of five, um, you know, defender there at Georgia State. So I think they they like all these additions, uh, really excited to kind of set the table to what they're eventually going to do in the transfer portal when it's all said and done with these four guys. So there's a couple of guys, I guess, to keep monitoring or guys that didn't sign uh, before we we touch on Cormani McLean. Let's discuss them. Uh, St. Thomas Aquinas safety Conrad Hussey decided to not sign on Wednesday. What's the situation there? Yeah, uh, that's one of those deals that even this morning, I think it was just it's, it seems like the kid is I think he's genuinely torn about what he wants to do. Look, I don't think that Miami's going to be the pick here. Uh, let me just kind of come out on the front end and say that okay. uh, it seems like he's kind of trending towards either Penn State and Florida State. I threw in a Penn State, uh, I'm sorry, a Florida State crystal ball on Monday night because it seemed like that might be what he had relayed to people around him and potentially even to to some of the other programs. But uh, I think he kind of woke, he maybe slept on it, woke up on Wednesday morning and was just kind of not sure about what to do. Uh, that caused him to push things back, speaking to someone close to Conrad Hussey, it does seem like Thursday is the plan. Again, I think I, I'm not going to say he's definitely going to sign Thursday because I think right now speaking in de- definites uh, is a bit silly, just kind of considering what we've seen transpire uh, with signing days and how these things typically go and how fluid these situations are. Again, I think it's more about the fluidity than than much else. And, you know, just kids kind of, you know, needing to make really difficult decisions. So I think tentatively uh, the plan is for him to sign Thursday. I would expect, uh, you know, either Florida State or Penn State to to be the pick, not Miami, and we'll see how that one goes. And then an old name has kind of resurfaced uh, from the summer, uh, Jaden Bonsu, who was down to Miami and Ohio State for a long time. We thought he was going to end up in this class with Miami. He kept pushing his decision date back, 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 back during the summer, and he picked Ohio State. He is not signed as of 8.30 p.m. on Wednesday. Is there anything Miami fans should know there? Yeah, this is, uh, I mean, this seems like just the way that Jaden Bonsu recruitment was going to go. David, I remember he officially visited, I think it was the first week of June. Then he actually moved his decision date up a month, right? Like he moved it up like a lot, came back down to Miami for an unofficial visit during that Legends camp weekend. And then that at that point just pushed it back like maybe two or three times. Uh, before he eventually ended up committing to the Buckeyes, did not sign again, like you mentioned, after 8.30 p.m. on on Wednesday. And I think the general feeling about Miami is that if he is still available in January after this signing period, and if he pushes things back uh, to the traditional signing period, which would be, I guess, early February, the first Wednesday in February, I guess that's when, that's when it's typically done, right? Um, yes, I do think that Miami is going to get involved and look, honestly, I think Miami kind of tested the Jaden Bonsu waters earlier this week. And, uh, yeah. I don't think they got the warmest reception in terms of just, I don't like, I don't think they ever even really followed through with, a with a phone call or just with connecting 
as uh, you know, I think at one point Miami hoped uh, would happen. So I find it really interesting that Miami's kind of suddenly the connection here. Obviously, things can change in recruiting, but I know that Miami did reach out earlier in the week and uh, didn't necessarily uh, get the, you know, I guess the opportunity uh, to be able to give one last pitch. So curious what, what the play is here exactly. It just seems like a recruitment that's been kind of muddy and messy uh, over the course yeah. of it. And now is going to just kind of continue to just kind of pile into that same theme. He might just be dotting his eyes, crossing his T's with, with Ohio state, yeah. you know, with whatever he's got agreed upon there. Um, all right. Cormani McLean. Uh, Miami's highest rated commit did not sign, which of course is extremely newsworthy. Um, and we had a lot of significant players um, involved, right? Alabama with the number one class, obviously behemoth program right now in college football for the past 15 years. And you have Deion Sanders also, I don't know. I don't know how to put it. Also adding fuel to the fire. Let's put it that way. Um, I'll, I'll give you the floor first, Gabby. What are you hearing about why this has happened with Cormani McLean and where do you expect things to go? Because the early signing period here in December is Wednesday through Friday. So guys can sign between Wednesday and Friday. Technically Cormani McLean doesn't need to sign anywhere. He can just enroll wherever he wants to enroll as an early enrollee. So hopefully he doesn't drag it out like that. Um, but anyways, what do you hear? Yeah, I, I do think there is kind of a, a hope that Cormani McLean does eventually sign something. Um, I, I, I mean, from this morning, really, I think coming from Miami's perspective, they feel like they are like Cormani McLean is going to be a member of this class. Obviously, they have to brush up on some things. You know, we've all heard the Colorado Deion, Deion Sanders smoke. Um, you know, maybe there's something to that. Um, I'm not sure if that's something that Miami is necessarily concerned about, and you would think they would be uh, just considering what Deion Sanders has done in the past. And so to me, if that's not something that seems that they seem to be super worried about, um, I just feel like there are other factors going on. Uh, one thing that you know I wrote on the site, David, shortly before we got on this podcast, it does seem like there are people that were kind of maybe getting into Cormani McLean's head that Darmarcus Van Dyke, who is the defensive analyst who has basically recruited Cormani McLean start to finish. I mean, everyone around the program will credit him with landing Cormani McLean and, and closing right. out on that recruitment when he shocked the world and did all that of uh, kind of putting in his head that he may be bolting to another location uh, post signing day. So I think that that's one of the factors that kind of gave him a pause. Uh, I don't, ex- the, I don't think anyone around the program expects DeMarcus Van Dyke to leave. I don't think that they're, I don't think that DeMarcus Van Dyke really ever had plans to leave the program. Um, I think this is just kind of, you know, the recruiting game when it gets down to the nitty gritty uh, yes. for a top prospect. And again, Demarcus Van Dyke is considered an off-field coach. So I think it could be easy to kind of throw it out there that he could be looking for an on-field opportunity. So I, I think that that's definitely one of the key things that are playing uh, into this whole situation. But I do, I am of the understanding that they've kind of assured him that Van Dyke will be back. Um Again, there's hope that he signs something at some point. I'm not going to sit here slapping timelines on things because there's I, I just don't see any value or point in that. Maybe it's Thursday. Maybe it's Friday, David. Like you said, he technically doesn't have to sign anything. He has to sign his financial yeah. aid agreement. 
And uh, he's a high-profile enough prospect where if he just enrolls at a school and shows up, he's going to be a scholarship player and he's going to do whatever it is that he wants to do. He's going to have a spot at whatever school he decides to enroll at. So this could drag on. I, I don't think that people around the program expect it to. So uh, I think it's just one of these things we got to stay tuned on Thursday and see if uh, we reach the finish line then. Yeah, and the, the, the sense I get to from people I talk to and look, I, I see the Colorado smoke as well, but the sense I get is, no, it's Bama. Bama's the threat. Bama's yeah. the team we're worried about. So, I mean, look, Colorado, I guess, could pop up and shock every shock Miami um, and land Cormani. I'm not saying that's out of the realm of possibility, but from what I know, the people I talk to, Bama is the threat. And look, I'm not saying this in any type of way to throw shade, but I do think T-Rob, Tavares Robinson, has done a masterclass job of negative recruiting Cormani and confusing him and making him want to pump the brakes here. We saw a little bit of that pop up, what, two weeks ago when Cormani was about to visit. Um, Miami had to put that fire out. And now, what, two weeks later? You know, Miami's in a similar situation and Miami is confident that they will be able to put this fire out again and get it across the finish line. So we'll see. That's that's the word coming out of Miami. Obviously, recruiting's a crazy deal and you never really do know. Really, there's only two people that know, Cormani and his mother. Um, but there is there is a real sense of confidence that Miami will still get Cormani in this class. So we will cover it however it goes. And I th- again, I think it's worth noting. Uh, if Cormani does go somewhere else, I think Miami drops to sixth, I believe, in the class. Um, sorry, sixth in the nation, which, again, would still be its highest rated class of the 24-7 sports era. So... Um, the class Miami does have in the boat is a good one. And, um, you know, if Cormani does decide to go somewhere else, yes, that would, that would be disappointing, but Mario Cristobal lives for this talent acquisition phase. And I think whether it's, you know, I think via the portal, he'd be able to land a big time corner in that way as well. So, uh, but Miami is committed to getting Cormani McLean across the finish line. I do think they can do it. So anything else or should we just get out of here, Gabby? Yeah, I think that's good. I think we touched on, on, on all topics. I wish we could have, you know, obviously talked about how great it was this class signed and maybe gone more into it. But of course, you know, this Cormani McLean deal did steal the headlines. I know that's what everyone yeah. wants to know about right now. But yeah, you know, Miami it's a great class. Really, it's a great class. Uh, a couple bookend uh, offensive tackles, you know. I think uh, we, we, that this. I think we should celebrate. You know, the Samson Lola, Francis Malagoa additions. Absolutely. I mean, th- those are two massive deals. I think what Miami did along the line of scrimmage was very impressive. Um, a lot of great additions for the program here in this uh, 2023 class, with or without uh, Cormani McLean, like you were just saying, David. This is this is a fantastic group that uh, you know they're going to kind of finish up, touch up a little bit more here in January, and then. Uh, you know, we'll see, uh, you know, kind of moving forward, turning over to 2024. And, uh, you know, again, this is 
this is Mario Crispo. This is recruiting. So these are this is these are conversations we're going to be having annually about having right. top classes and all, being excited about all the all the talent that uh, this program is acquiring. So um, you know, it's big time recruiting too. Yeah, like this is, this is went, big boy recruiting. Miami went head to head with Alabama for Damari Brown and won. One. So yeah. you know, let's see if they can do it. What would this now be? Round three, round four of Cormani McLean's recruitment. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, and, and I think it's worth saying too, right? Uh, Mario Cristobal in his press conference did say, look, and I think he's talking about via the portal because I, I don't know who's still out there high school wise, but he said, we still need outside receivers and we still need D tackles. Yeah. So they're going to be on the prowl in the portal. And I think he's on the 24 7 sports recruiting show. I think he referenced he expects a second wave of transfers to hit after bowl season. So I'm rambling. Let's get out of here on that. Appreciate Evan for listening. It's a busy day. Uh, Gabby crushed it. Gabby keeps Gabby's getting better and better at this recruiting coverage. Day, <laughs> man. His second full cycle. So grinding. he's doing a great job. Proud of him. Uh, appreciate his work. And until next time, take care. New CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions. You never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.